I left my sister, I left my mum, people were calling me um, selfish, you're just thinking about yourself and everything. But it was just something which, I don't know, I felt I had to do. And it's something which I think he would be proud of, of uh, what I've done. Brilliant podcast. I'm here today with Nick Balzan, who is an old friend and an absolute veteran of the travel industry. Fantastic to see you, Nick. So, Nick is the Chief Commercial Officer of Manjas Resorts and Clubs and has recently moved to that role, Nick. So, you're dialing in all the way from Sicily, aren't you? Sicily, Palermo today. Thank you, Jeanette, for having me. Oh, well, listen, it took us a while to get this in the diary. I've been chasing you for months, maybe even years, actually, but I finally got you. (laughs) Oh, listen, Nick, it is absolutely um, a joy to see you. So, listen, I know a little bit about your background because we've known each other for quite a few years now, but some people listening may not know so much about you. So do you want to just give us a bit of a backstory to where life started for you and how you've ended up here in this fantastic role that you're in today? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for, for the invitation. It's true. It, took, it did take a while, but I think the timing also is, is really good. Um, and yeah, I, I'd like to start from, from the beginning, you know, my, my, from my parents. So um, I'm originally from, from Malta. Um, my parents are both Maltese. <clears throat> and uh, and when, when things weren't really going well in Malta in, 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 in the 60s and 70s, you know, they decided to uh, to leave Malta, and uh, my father said he wanted to move to Australia, but um, his mother said, "No way, you're not going that far." And uh, we ended up in in the UK, and he joined the uh, the RAF, the Royal Air Force, and uh, he was posted in different places. And then eventually, um, I was born. I was born in Malta, but then we were posted in the UK. So I grew up in uh, in Plymouth, in the UK. And, uh, and then we moved to Gibraltar. And then when I was about 10, 11, we moved back to Malta. And that's where I had my, uh, my education in Malta. And then, <clears throat> unfortunately, my father passed away really, really young. He was 58. And um, he was planning his retirement to travel with my mom and everything. And, um, and he always used to tell me, what are you doing in, in Malta? You should travel. You should you should get out there, etc., etc. So then, when he passed away, I I decided right, I need to make a, a change in my life, and that's when my travel um, career started. So um, my girlfriend at the time, she was working for JMC. <clears throat> um, she was working in Malta, and she was offered a position in Menorca. And uh, I told her, you know what? you go and I'll just come out and I'll find a job in a bar or something and we'll start, we'll start all over. But then JMC offered me a job um, as a kids world rep. <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. So I moved to, first I went to Manchester and Stockport to do the induction course. <clears throat> that was an eye opener. Uh, and then um, I moved to Menorca and after a few weeks, they put me as a rep and in my first season, I became a head rep. So um, it, was, it was a good start, let's say. And then from there, we traveled to, uh, to Tenerife. And then uh, we did some ski seasons as well. Uh, and then we split up and, and um, I continued uh, with, with Thomas Cook. Then it changed into Thomas Cook. I worked in the Caribbean. I worked in North Africa. And then I got the phone call from head office to move to uh, head office. And uh, I moved to head office in, in Peterborough and I did three years working as a contracting manager uh, and I was contracting various places. I was doing the Maldives, uh, Sri Lanka, and then they moved me to uh, Spain. I was doing Ibiza, Menorca and Mallorca. Um, and then I, I asked to, to move to Spain. <clears throat> Thomas Cook at the time said, no, uh, you have to be based in Peterborough. And I said, um, well, then I'll look for something else. And that's when I moved to Mallorca and I changed sides from the tour operator to the hotel side. And uh, I moved to Barcelona Hotels and Resorts. Um, I used to be an account manager, commercial director, it was called then, um, for the UK, Scandinavia and the B2B market and um, learned Spanish 
started a new life in Spain. Uh, I was with Barcelona for, for three years. And then I moved to, um, we created a new hotel chain. Uh, I left Barcelona and we created BH Mallorca, which is um, a big hotel with 1,050 rooms in Magaluf. And we created uh, a new brand, which is kind of a, a party hotel for, for uh, young people. I did that for three years, it was absolutely great. And then unexpectedly, I, I got sacked. That's another long story, but I, I want to mention it because it's an important part of my life as well. Um, and then uh, after that, I moved with Iberostar Hotels and Resorts. And um, I was a commercial director for a cluster of hotels. And then in my last role, I was VP for sales for, for the group for the European market. Um, absolutely great position, loved it, uh, had some great, great memories. And then May of last year, I got a phone call from Blackstone, from um, the largest investment fund in, in the world, basically. I got a phone call from their European division. And they told me about this great opportunity here in, um, in Sicily. And um, here we are. We basically, I, I, I had to tell, uh, well, we had to take the decision to, to leave Mallorca with my current girlfriend and, and dog. And uh, we did this um, big change, moving after 11 years in Mallorca, in our comfort zone, having a great job, great friends, uh, everything. And now we've moved here to Sicily, working for Manjas. And uh, what we're creating here is, is something amazing. And it's a, it's a long-term, uh, let's say, project where we're trying to create um, a, a, a hotel chain for the European market, including the UK market. So that's uh, quite a lot in, 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 a, in a short time. <laughs> Fantastic, Nick. Well, listen, I'm learning loads of new things about you. I thought I knew you quite well, but there's a few things there that I, I didn't know, actually. So listen, we're going to get into the business discussion. Of course we are. And um, before we get to that, I just kind of fascinated a little bit around going back to, to kind of your earlier life, really. And there are some parallels because my partner, Chris, as many people know, is also Maltese and his dad was in the army, not the but in the army so you both have this sort of military Maltese background if you like in terms <laughs> of families and moving around and all the rest of it so you know when you were when you were sort of in the with, with the family and you know you were moving around um how was that did that was did that sort of was that destabilizing or was it you know how, how do you adapt at that early age when you're you know you, you're from a military family and that, that has its pros and its cons right Nick yeah, it does. It does. We, we saw a lot of places, although obviously I was very young, so my memories are... But, you know, my, my, once I was in Scotland and my mum told me, go to Inverness, because go to this uh, place, because we lived there for a year when you were really young. It was like, wow, when we lived in Gibraltar, I do have memories of, of Gibraltar. And even of Plymouth, I do have memories of Plymouth. So, yeah, you make friends and then you move on. Obviously, then in those days, we didn't have um facebook and, and and internet so you lose contact completely so i i've tried maybe to to get in touch with people but you lose complete contact with them so but it has helped obviously then in this my elder you know my adulthood so it's helped a lot to adapt and i think when you start moving especially when i was with thomas cook i used to move resort every six months every eight months um, so the first time it's really hard. The second time it just gets easier and easier and easier. And the trick is staying in touch with them. So I'm lucky enough to say I've got friends pretty much all over the world. You know, if somebody says I'm going to Jamaica, to Mexico, to Morocco, to Bulgaria, I always say, you know, I've got a friend there. If you need something and I've tried to stay in touch with them. So it's, it's great. It has its bad part because, you know, you make friends and, and they become family and then you kind of don't have that anymore. So you then, but then, you know, you're going to make new friends and the real friends will continue being friends. So mm. It's good, but it, it's hard as well. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, you have, you, you've moved so much uh, throughout your, you know, your kind of younger years and also as an adult. And and the different cultures that you mix with, Nick, you know, obviously Malta is a relatively small island. Um, and if you think from where, you, where you're kind of living over there, uh, you know, and a brilliant place. I love Malta. I, I genuinely do. But it is quite small, isn't it? And it's quite quite insular to a certain degree. But actually, I've had the experience globally and internationally. How has that been for you, dealing with different cultures and nationalities? And, and how have you had to adapt your kind of communication, your style, the way that you engage with people? Because I think it's sometimes that can be challenging for people when they're not used to, you know, understanding those different cultures and, and kind of the norms that are expected. Yeah, I think if you, if you just stay, I don't know, I think if you just stay humble and you just be yourself and you go and you listen and, and you, you learn to adapt, I think when you go in different places, you know, you go to somewhere like Jamaica where the culture is completely different from Morocco or Tunisia or Bulgaria and these places and you just, you just have to, be, you try and be as much as yourself as you can um, but you just need to learn to adapt, even with, with the language, the way I'm speaking to you now and the way I would speak to somebody in Morocco, it would be different as well. So you just have to learn to adapt. But just being yourself and being humble. And, you know, I think I've never had a problem in any destination I've been. And, and, um, and, and, and it's, I see other like managers I've taken on from or managers that have come in after me. Um, they've struggled and maybe they didn't adapt to the cultures. But I think I've traveled so much and I, it's just probably in my, in my DNA, just, just even, you know, my, my parents as well, traveling and everything, you learn different cultures and you, you just to get used to it. But yeah, I think key is being humble and listening and adapting. And when I go to a new place, I try, although I want to be in, in contact with expats, but I always try not to be too much in contact with expats and I try and make friends with local people. I try and learn the language. That's another thing as well. I'm quite good with languages. So even in Bulgaria, after the first season, I could have a conversation, which is a very, it's a very difficult language. And even in North Africa, Maltese is very similar to, to Arabic. <clears throat> so you, if you put an effort, they, they respect that and, uh, and it helps. Yeah, God, that's amazing. It's fantastic. And, you know, Nick, when you were talking about your, your dad passing away, um, I mean, 58, gosh, that's like no age at all, is it? To, you know, to lose and to lose a parent, you know, in any circumstance is always tough. But at such a young age, do you think and your dad's, you know, your, your dad's lovely advice to you, you know, go out, explore, see the world. There's more to there's more to the world than the Malta. It's great, but you know what are you still doing here? <laughs> you know, kind of go out and forge a way for yourself in the world. Do you think that that when when you lost your dad, do you think that sort of really catapulted you forward to to almost fulfil his wishes for you as well? Do you think? Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And mm -hmm. he was quite well known as also in Malta. You know, he was um, a president of a, a certain association. Anyway, he was quite well known. So. And he was very well respected as well. So everybody was like, oh, you know, your father, your father passed away, et cetera, et cetera. And then when I saw this opportunity <clears throat> and it affected me a lot and it was a tough decision because I left my sister, I left my mom. People were calling me um, uh, selfish. You're just thinking about yourself and everything. But it was just something which, I don't know, I felt I had to do. And it's something which... I think he would be proud of, of uh, what I've done. And, um, and yeah, yeah, I think it's the best thing that I've ever done. And it's thanks to him. Probably if he didn't pass away, probably I'll still be in Malta, I'll still be in that job. I'll probably be successful as well, you know, have had a good life. But I've seen the world and I got paid to do it, basically. <laughs> so, um, and I've lived in, in places, not just visited on, on holiday. So... <clears throat> It's been a massive, massive, um, it was a massive push. It was basically because of what happened um, to him that, that I'm here. Yeah, oh, I, well, listen, I'm sure he, he would be incredibly, incredibly proud of what you've achieved, Nick. I mean, yeah, and, and you know what? You're an all-round good guy. You're one, of, you're one of life's good people. You're a good egg, as he would say. <laughs> we try, we try. 
Um, but I mean, listen, it's important, isn't it? I mean, you were talking about, you know, being, staying humble. And, and let's talk about that a little bit, because, you know, the travel industry is a great industry. It absolutely is. But there is a, also a risk when you're in these jobs, and especially as you get more senior in your career, as you have done, you know, sometimes you can start to believe your own press, right? Because you get the job title, you get to stay in amazing places and all of this kind of stuff. So staying humble can actually be quite difficult when you've got all of this sort of trappings, if you like, of, of success around you. Um, and it is a great industry. So as you've got more senior, Nick, how do you manage to still stay humble, but at the same time have, you know, the gravitas and take the roles, you know, that you've got seriously and, and, and respectfully in that way? Because there is a little bit of a, a kind of, you know, tension there, I think, sometimes for some people. Yeah, but the thing is, where I've worked and where I am now, <clears throat> there's always somebody who knows things more than you in, 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 in the country. OK, so, for example, sorry. <clears throat> Over here, everybody knows that I am the most expert person in the travel industry, in, in the hotel industry here. <clears throat> but then there are so many small details that they've been living in Sicily, in Italy for, for 30, 40 years, and they've been doing things in a certain way that you just have to listen to them. Because what I probably would apply in, in Tunisia, in Mexico, whatever, if you apply it here, it just will be a complete disaster. So, yeah, but, but then certain structure procedures and stuff like that. So you have to say, right, we are going to do it this way because I know it's going to work and it's ir relative of, of where you are and what position you are, etc. So you just have to keep that balance. Key is listening. You have to listen uh, and don't, don't just rush into it. Don't change. Although over here we are going through a transition and we've changing systems, procedures, everything. But there's certain things which I'm like, listen, it's just too much for year one. So let's let's make a note of it and let's change it in the future. We know we we need that, those things, but there's no point in changing everything uh, at once. And people appreciate it and they say, okay, this guy, although he knows what he's talking about and. He knows where he wants to get to. Um, he's still listening to us and, and involving us. And I try to go for, although I don't drink coffee, but I go for a coffee with, with different people in different departments just to listen. And, and they'll be like, wow, nobody's ever done that with us. So um, it's great. And it's something I've learned from my ex-bosses. And you'll be like, wow, this guy wants to speak to me why <laughs> you know you're scared but then you'd be like oh he actually is interested and he wants to learn from me so you can always learn from some from from, from any position any any person so it, i think it's key yeah no you're absolutely right every day is a school day right nick you know and i think the day you stop you stop learning you may as well hang your boots up you know because none of us know everything do we and you make a very important point actually you know surround yourself with smart people arguably people that are smarter than you in certain areas because yeah. You know, you can't be an expert at everything. And, and actually, I think what's, you know, old school leadership would probably be around not admitting to not having all the answers and, and almost seeing that as a negative. Whereas actually in today's business world, it's a real strength, I think, to say, hey, listen, I don't have all the answers. Exactly. I need you on, on my team and working with me because you're actually far smarter. You've got more experience of this particular area than I ever will have. So, you know, that, that allows people to shine, doesn't it, really? In, yeah. in that whole world, you know? No, and another important thing is also to try and get as much information from people that have done it before and, and try and say, I, I, I love talking to people that are more senior than me that have done it all, you know, people like, I don't know, I don't want to drop names, but, you know, people that Don Miguel and, and, and Martin and, and these people and, and even people like Alex that we know are our mutual friend. No, just surround your people by surround yourself by these people and learn from them as much as possible. And and you hear the stories that they've been through and the stuff that they've done. Um, you know, opening resorts in the Caribbean when there was absolutely nothing. It's just mind blowing what these people have achieved. And um, and and it just helps. But then also listen to 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 the people you know in the team 
in, in not so senior places, positions as well. Just listen to everybody. And then you make up your own idea of the thing and you see the opportunities. And then with the experience, you get things done the way you want together with the team. Yeah, no, that's really good advice, actually, for anyone listening. You know, I always say be very careful about who you're spending time with. And that's not just in a business world, that's personal as well. Because, you know, there are my old boss, Richard Prosser, who um, he said to me many years ago, he said, Jeanette, there are two types of people in life. He said, there are sappers that just suck the oxygen out of the room. <laughs> We've all been around those kind of people. Or there are zappers, you know, people that are like energized and they fill you with like kind of, you know, positivity and, and they exhilarate. You want to be around them. And it's not that you can, you always need to surround yourself with yes people or people that can agree with you, but actually have the right energy, the right knowledge, the right experience around you, because that's how you learn and grow, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if you're spending t- your time with people that are, constantly negative you know will will totally tell you all the reasons why they can't achieve something that's just going to bring you down and and I think you're right surrounding yourself with smart people that have got your back and give you some support guidance but also call you out if you're actually being a little bit of a you know an ass. <laughs> yeah no and that's a big thing I'm, I'm a big believer in feedback you know uh, I like to receive feedback and it's something which probably I, I got from my Thomas Cook days where, you know, we used to give feedback, but then the team used to give you feedback. And then when I moved to Spain and I, I used to tell the HR person, um, you know, I want to implement this. He was like, no, 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 that does not happen here. So, you know, you, you don't get feedback about yourself. I was like, well, I'm sorry, I, I want to. And, 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 and it helps you because you're going so fast and you're going on on you know you have your mindset on on the targets and the results and everything but then you know you have to stop once twice a year and with the team and say what what's your opinion about me and if you're uh if you're scared just to say maybe you want to do it um not official etc etc you can you can do it but most of the time they tell you because they they know you and they know you're not gonna be angry or etc so and things come out and it's like, wow, I've never, ever thought of that. And, and then you just try and improve every day. So um, I haven't done that yet because they, they don't know me here that, that well enough. But in April, we are doing um, a team building uh, event and I will introduce that as well. And we, we will do it. But in the Iberostar days with, uh, with Finn, my ex-boss, he, he implemented that in the last year I was there. And it was brilliant. It was really, really good feedback. Just give feedback. And then obviously you have to take it. Certain people take it to the extreme. Uh, and, and it's not true, but, you know, some, some things do come out and you just um, it helps you to improve. Yeah, definitely. Feedback is the breakfast of champions, apparently, there Nick. You <laughs> there you are. There you are. But you're absolutely not a morning right. person. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> But sometimes you you know you might hear some stuff that you don't want it you don't actually it's not very comfortable to hear but I think the 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 point is if you don't want the answer don't ask the question right <laughs> no and I but, think the people that ask for feedback I'm confident enough to say I know I'm doing things I'm, I treat people the way I want to be treated okay yeah. so once as long as you're doing that ninety nine point nine percent you there aren't gonna be surprises but. You know, you, you never know. You never know. So people that don't want feedback is probably because they know that the feedback is not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I love it. I love it. So listen, let's t- let's talk about um, about um, managers and just just explain a little bit about the organization, um, you know, the kind of the, the hotels and the resorts that you've got in the portfolio and where you're kind of heading. And then I want to want us to touch on sort of transformation, growth, change and the pace of that, because it's sometimes difficult when there's lots of opportunities and which ones do you pick and how fast do you go and, you know, making sure you bring people with you. So we'll get into a bit of a chat around that, Nick. But before we do that, can you just set a bit of context around around the organisation so that we get a flavour of kind of what's there currently and where you want to go with everything? Yeah. So amazing journey. So the company's going to turn 50 years in September. Okay, nobody's ever heard of them. Nobody in the UK, in Germany, some people in France have have heard about the group because basically um, the founder, Antonio Manja, 
um, he created the company which was called Euroviaggi, okay? Um, and basically he started as a small travel agency in Sicily and he used to organize trips for Sicilians to uh, abroad, okay? And then he opened uh, a DMC here, a local agency over here, and he brought people and uh, he, he started with the French market, okay? That he spoke French, he knew people in France and he just decided to concentrate on that market. Then he grew, um, then he, he decided to rent a hotel, then he decided to buy a hotel, buy another hotel, and his business grew, grew, grew. Then he created a tour operator. So uh, in Sicily and Sardinia, we are the largest tour operator for the French market. We charter 25 aircrafts a week. The business is massive. We're the largest DMC for the French, well, we're the largest DMC in Sicily, but only focused on the French market. Um, so uh, we've got 13 hotels now, um, big ambition to, to grow as well. Um, so there was the DMC, the tour operator and the uh, hotel site. Then in 2019, uh, the founder passed away. It was um, a heart attack and, and he passed away. And then the, the kids, the, 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 the sons and daughter decided, right, what are we going to do? And they appointed uh, Marcello Manja, who's now our president and CEO. He's the second eldest son. Um, and then COVID hit, <clears throat> just to make things uh, easy. And uh, during COVID, they obviously they closed for a few months, but then they managed to open all of the hotels and they changed their business model completely and they focused on local and Italian markets. Um, that caught the attention of Blackstone. Uh, Blackstone approached them to buy the hotels and um, they said no. They said, um, we don't want to, we want to still own part of the business. So they did a joint venture and it's the only joint venture that um, Blackstone have in, in Europe. So now HIP, which is the European branch of uh, Blackstone, they're the largest hotel owners in Spain, okay, uh, as in ownership, okay. Um, but over here, they bought a percentage of, uh, of the hotels. So Manjas uh, was created. They decided to move away from Euroviaggi uh, and create a new brand called Manjas, um, invest in the hotels, upgrade, and change the business model from just working with the French market to opening other markets, okay? And that's when I joined the business, all right? So I was brought in uh, in September, September of last year. And basically, I am putting the strategy forward for, for next year, for 2024. But obviously, 2023, it's still my responsibility. And there's a, a lot of changes which we need to accelerate, something which probably somebody would do in three, four, five years, we're doing it in six months. So it's, it's massive. It's massive, but it's, it's really good. Um, we have the current people over here and we're also changing um, also systems, uh, implementing SAP, we've implemented Opera, um, channel managers, website, booking engine, all these things which in the past they didn't need because they were always full with French tour operators. So they used to go to a tour operator and say, right, I've got the flights, I've got the transport, I've the transfer, and I've got the hotel. You just need to sell it, that's it. So the business model is, is changing. Um, we're upgrading the hotel, so there's a lot of investment in the hotels as well. Um, a lot of investment in software as well, improving the service, um, quality of food. We're going from 13 hotels, 13 restaurants to 13 hotels to 57 restaurants, something like that. So in every hotel, you've got between three and five restaurants now. Um, and we're opening the market. We're opening the hotels to markets which couldn't come to the hotels before because they were always full. So I've got the British, the American, the Germans, they'd be like, wow, they're seeing these massive resorts with four, five, 600 rooms, beachfront, amazing beaches, 20 hectares of land. And they've been like, how come we've never heard of you? So 
it's it's exciting. It's really, really exciting. We've got an ambition to to grow as well. Um, we want to have more hotels. And my personal ambition is I want Manjas to be the hotel chain that travel agents know when they think Italy, I want them to think Manjas. Because at the moment, you go to Spain, you go to Greece, you have your normal hotel chains, you know, the, the ones that they know. But when you think of Italy, there isn't really a hotel chain really well known in Germany, in the UK, in the in US. So that's what we're creating. So we want to have more hotels. At the moment, we have nine in Sicily and four in Sardinia. Um, but we are looking at Puglia, the um, Amalfico, Sorrento, uh, Milan, Rome. We are looking at hotels, always leisure. So it's a, it's a big job, but it's, it's going and it's going fast. It's growing fast. <laughs> <laughs> so are you getting any time to sleep, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I've got my diary with me next next to my bedside and I, oh I take notes <laughs> when oh I think God. of something. Oh, no, honestly, I am genuinely delighted for you. It's such a brilliant role for you and such a great opportunity. Like you say, it's been an, a, a, sort of a hidden secret, a hidden gem, really. And now it's, you know, you find this sort of diamond in the rough and you, you know, you're, you're polishing it up and it's just going to sparkle, isn't it? And, and, and it's shine. so close. So, we, yeah. you know, when I was a tour operator, we're like, we're looking for new destinations and we're going to go to, I don't know, Caribbean and then Aruba and, and the Canary Islands and I don't know where. And then you've got these hidden gems of Albania is one of them, which is close to Europe. And then you've got Sicily and Sardinia, which, you know, the, the Brits, the Germans, they've never couldn't, could come here because... First of all, that the season is really short. Now we're trying to extend the season. You know, we, we, we've had 20 degrees in, 23 degrees in December. So mm. there's no excuse. Um, but then in high season, it was just full with Italians so, so, or, or French. So there was never availability for, for a UK tour operator, a German tour operator or, or, or individual to, to come here. So we're changing that to make sure that there is availability and... Um, there is a, a long-term plan to have more aircrafts coming in. So we're talking with airlines as well to put in more capacity um, into Palermo, into Catania, into Olbia. Um, and it's working. People are, are listening. They're seeing the, the uh, potential. Brilliant. No, honestly, it's fantastic. And of course, we've got ITB coming up. Um, so it's going to be a perfect opportunity, whether it's this ITB this year or ITB <laughs> next year or the year after, the year after that. Um, I think it's going to be a, such a great opportunity for you to engage with this with the industry, isn't it? And to really kind of showcase what you're planning and and what have you. So I love I love all of this. So Nick, you've got so many sort of initiatives, opportunities, things that you need to change. Um, as you said, clearly building on the heritage and and the the great you know business that was already there. You know, we're not this is not a broken business by any stretch. This was already a very successful operation. It's just actually sort of accelerating that and, and, and internationalizing it really. But how are you managing to prioritize the, the change projects? Because I think that's often something that people struggle with. So anyone listening that's going through a big transformation program in their own business yeah. or in the company they work for, how are you managing to prioritize? Because you can't do everything straight away. Um, and I think just that thought process that you're going through will help other people listening. Yeah, well, a, a big Somebody once told me, I like to apply the 80-20 rule, where basically you know that 80% of your business comes from 20% of your clients. So you have to focus on that 20% of, of your cli those clients. You have to basically invest 80% of your time. So um, quick wins, there's, a, there's many quick win, wins you can do. Systems, you know, um, unfortunately over here, because there's no other hotel chains in, 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 on the island, you don't get the people. So, because th there aren't, you know, there are, you know, I look for a community manager, I look for an e-commerce, I look for a revenue. I was like, no, there aren't revenue because they all, they're all individual hotels and the hotel manager does everything basically. So now I'm, I'm setting up um, a team and I say, right, okay, I tell HR, let's do this job description, let's put it out there and let's look for a revenue person. And the, the 100 people that apply, 
they arrive the receptionists or front office and stuff like that. So like, okay, we need to attract people from Rome or Milan. And the good thing is many Sicilians have left Sicily, moved to other cities in Italy or in London or in, in the Canary Islands. And um, they, they left because there were not the opportunities. Then they hear about us. They know us because they, they know the company as it was before. And I'm getting these Sicilians contacting me saying, wow, I, I've, I've heard about you. Is there any opportunity? You know, I want to move back to my, to my hometown, et cetera, et cetera. So um, first is, is the team. I'm trying to, to build a team. Uh, big, big priority. And I'm not there yet. I still have a few gaps. So people out there listening, if you're Sicilian and you want to move back and there's great tax incentives as well for, for <laughs> foreigners and, and um, locals that have been out for longer than two years and come back. Uh, which is which is a really good incentive, which again, the local government doesn't really um, advertise enough. I think they should do more. Um, so that's the first thing. And then focus on what's going to bring you the business now. There's no point in trying to contact a niche tour operator if you know um, they're not going to bring you results now. So at the moment, I'm looking for quick wins, focusing on, on the volume drivers who are going to fill these 500 600 room hotels um and then you start implementing other things but i like to do projects i think one thing which i have from from my father probably is you know the military thing and and people over here sometimes they think i'm ex-military or something because i just have to i think i'm so i was so disorganized probably in the past that now i have to have everything uh planned in an agenda and even my my personal life as well even when we go on holiday i drive people crazy because i plan absolutely every day and you make you know a bit of effort a bit of planning will make things easier and, and you don't waste time then at a future uh, stage so even now i'm planning already we're in february i'm planning for 2024 2025 are we going to implement all-inclusive? Are we going to put in splash pools, splash parks, et cetera, et cetera? What, what is the market? Uh, what does the market want? And let's start planning now and training people and everything. So then we're ready for 2024, Well, one thing which I have here is because now I'm only Italy, which in the past I have 19 countries. So 
I miss that, but I try also to stay in touch with ex-colleagues and, and people from the industry to, to make sure and listen to podcasts and, and keep up to date reading and all that to see what. And now it's all about experience. This, this is the, the new, no, it's not the new thing, but I think it's more of a focus. And I'm lucky enough now to be in a place where, you know, it's the best food in, in, in Italy and, and Italy is up there with the best food in the world. So in, there's an Italian, there's a Sicilian restaurant in every city in the world. So, you know, we're, we're trying to implement that and, and using this, the food experience. Um, and it's all about experience, you know, not just eating it, but cooking it, seeing the process. We've got so much land and we grow our own olive trees and that, and we're planning to do these experience things. So I think now that's what clients want. Um, it could be a water park, it could be an excursion. We're lucky enough here to have mountains, volcanoes. We've got everything, absolutely, absolutely everything over here. Um, local produce. Um, we've got all these um, temples as well. It's it's unbelievable. I didn't know. I'm from Malta. You know, it's it's a half an hour flight or or, or an, an hour and a half ferry, and um, you know we go to Egypt, we go to Greece to see these temples, and then you come over here and they're just everywhere. It's 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 crazy, and people don't know this because you know Sicily was never seen like that. Maybe because of the the history with the mafia and all that. Maybe people didn't see Sicily but now um, it's opening up and I think the next five ten years are going to be so so exciting and also thanks to um, uh, Netflix and TV programs like White Lotus uh, they've put they've put Sicily on the map let's say although it was mm. all, always there but it's getting more and more attention and on two-hour flights you're in a safe place great foods uh, great beaches great people okay amazing and and nothing against other you know the spanish are great the greeks are great and, and everything but i i don't know it's it's just on another level over here the hospitality um so yeah i'm i'm, I'm seeing i can feel the potential and hopefully i'm not wrong <laughs> but uh, i think it's going to be an interesting um exciting five to ten years for for sicily sardinia and the south of uh, the south of italy yeah, fantastic. Well, we were saying before we pressed record, weren't we, that it'll be interesting for you to listen back listen back to this in uh, you yeah. know, five years' time, ten years' time, go, oh, where did we land? How did it actually play out? And so we're all going to be waiting with bated breath. You set the expectations high, Nick, so I know it's exciting stuff. So all of this is wonderful, um, but I just kind of want to change tack a little bit, Nick, because you mentioned earlier when you were doing your intro around you know, that not everything always goes our way, does it? You know, sometimes, you know, you've had to deal with the loss of your father, which obviously was incredibly painful, Um, you know, and you carry that with you. I think we all carry a loss of a loved one with us. It doesn't go away necessarily. You just learn to live with it. But you also talked about when you were, when you, when you got, when you got sack, when you got, you, you lost your job and it yeah. came as a complete shock to you because I think it's important that we keep it real and we talk about the knocks and the, the the failures and the things that haven't gone so well because life is not all rosy, is it? Business is not all rosy. There will be highs and lows and I'm sure you're going to have a lot of them in the journey you're on here as well. But let's talk a little bit around, around that time for you and how you kind of bounce back from it because I think a lot of people need to hear this stuff yeah. Um, that it isn't all sunshine and rainbows, you know, let's keep it real. Let's talk about the, the things like that. So take us back, Nick, and, and just 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 talk us through, you know, kind of what happened and how you, I mean, not necessarily the detail, but how yeah. you actually then overcame it and got back on the back on the on the on the bike, so to speak. No, I think if I think in a career, everybody needs to experience it. I don't wish it on anybody. But I think it's, um, for me at least, it was a, a massive, massive learning curve. And uh, at the time, obviously, it was the lowest, lowest part, lowest part of my life and not even my career, my life, because you doubt yourself and everything. But it's the best thing that's happened to me. So first of all, I um, realized what the, the, the meaning of money was because I've, I've always, as a rep, we used to earn 300 pounds a, a month, I think our salary was. But you lived like a king. You, you didn't. You didn't have expenses. You lived in hotels. Or you had apartment. You had a car. 
everything was paid for, you got commission, et cetera, et cetera. And then I had a good job. I had a good salary. You know, I, I, I lived a good, a good life. And then one day to another, you, you just without a job and everything. And you're just like, okay, what do I do now? How long can I live uh, with the savings that I have and the, to, to maintain the same, the same life? So, yeah, so it, it, was, um, it was hard. Uh, and then you doubt yourself as well. This would be like, was it, was I sacked for the right reasons, et cetera, et cetera. Do I do something wrong? And you learn from that as well. But then, yeah, the biggest challenge is, and I was, I was alone at the time. I was single at the time. So uh, you didn't even have that support. Okay. You have your friends and family and all that. But I just decided, I said, you know what, something, what have I always wanted to do? Um, and I've never had time. Same, same a bit like when, when COVID happened as well. Um, and I just jumped in my car. I went to the south of France and I spent two months there. I lived with, um, I went to university to, to school basically to learn French, although I spoke French, but I wanted to improve it. I lived with, um, with an old lady, you know, and the, the, the school will help you find accommodation. Um, she didn't speak a word of English. So, and I, and I spent almost two months over there. And then I came back, I went to Thailand for, for like three weeks, something like that on holiday with one of my best friends. Um, and then obviously in the meantime, I was looking for jobs and everything. And, and, and one thing which is good, which in our industry is essential, you know, if you have a good name, it's a good name for life. If you have a bad name, you have a bad name for life. So this is one thing which um, um, the way I dealt with people, everybody knew me. And I got many offers. It's just like, right, what am I going to do? Uh, shall I wait for the right one? And, and, and then, luckily, I chose the right one. And, um, and I worked for probably, I don't want to, you know, disrespect any other hotel chains, but I worked for, for probably the best uh, hotel chain in, in Spain and probably one of the best in, in the world, the organization. So... But yeah, it was it was in the end it all went well and um, and and you learn a lot a lot from it. So but yeah, I don't wish it on anybody, but <laughs> it's uh, if it happens, it's happened to everybody. And if you are doing what you should be doing, you'll bounce back. And if you weren't doing what you were doing, hopefully it will be an eye opener to to change. Mm, and, yeah, uh, and that that's the that's the trick part. That's the the part where you as a person need to to see where where you fit. But it, it happens to everybody, and people bounce back. Maybe it will happen again. I don't know. Redundancies, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, happen all the time. Now, especially after COVID, many IT people are losing their jobs because now the demand is not the demand that it used to be in certain sectors. But if you're good, and if not, you, you change and, and you change uh, career and you find another another path. Yeah. Oh, thanks for that, Nick. It's, it's so um, refreshing, you know, to kind of talk openly and honestly about this stuff. And what do you think you learned the most about yourself during that time? Were there any kind of surprises in terms of kind of getting, you know, because there's a lot of self-reflection, isn't there, when things like that happen? As you say, you question yourself, you doubt yourself. But uh, having come through it, um, you know, what were the big things that sort of stood out for you around that you learned about yourself, do you think? Maybe, I don't know, maybe think about a bit about yourself as well. It's like, I don't know, uh, when you're in an aircraft, they always say, put your mask on first and then help the others. So whereas maybe I was too helpful and helped too many people and I didn't think about myself and now at a certain point I tell people like you know people call you for advice and um, and you help them because they're friends and then it comes to a certain point say listen fine but um, if you want my help there is a cost as well so I'm happy to help you and I, I will give you 100% but don't take advantage of of my mm -hmm. experience and my kindness etc etc so I don't know, maybe, I'm not going to say I became more selfish, but you think about, about more of yourself and make sure you, um, you have the, um, the roots, the, the ground, the security, especially the financial security, that if something does happen, because now it might not be the job, it might be health, it might be something else. So just make sure you, you have that security. Um, so then if something does happen, you know, you're okay. If something happens to me today, 
you know, I, I know I'm going to be fine for the next three, five years, you know, yeah. but uh, just, just make sure you, you have that plan. And also, I know you're a big believer in this in, in diversifying and having different streams of income, et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, okay, I do have some, but, you know, I don't have what you have because I can't, because now I am 100% focused on, on this project and that's going to be like that for the next five years probably. Um, but then that's some advice that I would give also. Don't just think on one, try and find some, some other uh, stuff to, to, to get income from. Yeah, that's brilliant, actually. I really, I really like that. And and sometimes, like you're right, you know, when you when you're actually in your darkest moments, and we all we've all had them, whether it's business or jobs or end of a relationship or whatever might be going on, or loss of a loved one, you know, or a close friend or whatever, you know, that sometimes it can feel very, very bleak and very, very dark. And um, and actually, I think if you can if you can lift yourself out of it and, and just try and give yourself that headspace to, to think about what you want to do next, rather than rush in and panic, I think if you can take, like you, you know, obviously you went off to, you know, give yourself that time um, just to sort of think about, well, actually, what what do I want? You know, I just need a bit of a bit of a free headspace because um, often we're so busy rushing, rushing onto the next thing, pressure, 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 that we don't we don't take care of ourselves in the yeah. same way as we we really should. So some brilliant advice there from Munich. And I just want to um, talk about stress and dealing with a lot. So at the minute you've got a full on job, you're really excited about it, and that's absolutely clear. You know the passion and energy, you know, is just coming coming across so so strongly. Um, but we do have to be careful, don't we, as well, around looking after ourselves, as you said, put your own oxygen mask on on first, you know, paying attention to our relationships, paying attention to, you know, creating space outside of work, because sometimes it can be all consuming, all consuming. Yeah. And it can be difficult. And I'm sure you're probably having moments like that right now. Well, I know you are where you kind of go, <laughs> oh, my God, there's just not enough hours in the day, you know, and I'm giving my all. This is totally like, you know, all consuming. So any advice, any tips, any thoughts or things not to do <laughs> that you might be doing yourself at the moment? Sometimes it's easier, isn't it, to say what yeah. you should do? <laughs> but yeah, any thoughts around dealing with like really high pressure and stress um, when you're full on with a, with a job or a business? Yeah, well, I think my, okay, from the work point of view, let's say I don't call it stress. It is stress, but I know what I'm doing. I know where I need to get to and I know how, Okay because that's why they brought me in. So from that side, from a work perspective, it's fine. The, the part which I'm not struggling with, but it's harder and I need to put more effort is the personal side, okay? So we've moved from a comfortable um, place, friends, family, language, culture, uh, organization, you know, people that have been to Mallorca, nice streets, you know, shops are open all the time. Yeah, there's, there's, it, there's a proper, it's, it's well developed. And, you know, thanks to the Germans, although we used, we used to complain that there's too many Germans, but, you know, it's, it's really well um, structured. Okay. And then you come over here, which is, is more Southern Italy, you know, I'm, I'm not offending anybody, but they know themselves. It's, it's a more, more relaxed, let's say, okay? <laughs> um, and uh, things still, you still get good quality or even better quality in, in fruit and veg and, and, and seafood and all that, you know, it's... it's um, but then there are certain things like um, uh, bureaucracy things, like getting your resident card and stuff like that, which is not um not structured okay so I'm, I'm struggling actually more on that part than than on the the work side but then people are just so nice and they're just so helpful and they're going through the same struggles as well because that's how southern italy is so so yeah i think the most important thing is Every now and then you need to switch off. Like this weekend, uh, one of my best mates, he came over from um, his Maltese and him and his wife and their daughter came over and we drove to the Etna, to, to, the, to the volcano, uh, which is a, a four hour drive because the island is absolutely massive. Um, so it's like leaving, you're going on holiday, right? Like so <laughs> uh, we left Friday evening and we got back Sunday evening and we switched off and we tried to talk about other things. So 
it's really, really important, although I cannot do that a lot because I have a business to run and, and people are depending on me. And I, I always say that, you know, we've got 3,500 employees, 3,500 families who, if I don't succeed, you know, it's their bread and their every day. So it's, it's, a, it's a big responsibility and um, um, sometimes it's, it's hard. So you need to find time. You need to find time for yourself, invest in yourself. And uh, I'm not saying invest in yourself means you go for a month on holiday or stuff like that, but you just take these breaks. You do stuff for your, which you like doing um, and you switch off and then you'll come back uh, better stronger fresher better ideas like after this weekend I've come back with two really I think they're going to be amazing ideas which we can implement and can help us in the future so we need to kind of be selfish sometimes and have time for ourselves really important. yeah yeah 100% absolutely agree with you and and whatever that looks like whether it's a weekend away or even just sort of small moments during the day you know it could, yeah my it could, it could be something simple you know my moment is every morning I wake up at seven in the morning I take my dog we go to the beach and we walk for an hour okay I've got a long lead he can run around so I'm not scared he's going to rough and off and get run over by a car but uh, and we just see the sunrise basically or you know and and that's my moment I take my mobile with me just in case but I don't look at it um, and I do one hour in the morning that's my time with uh, to think about uh, the day the week etc etc and then I go home have a shower come to the office have breakfast here and then you get on with it and and then um, that's 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 the day but that one hour a day or 45 minutes every morning it's it's my medicine basically it's my energy pill mm, i'm the same actually i have a, I have a really 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 um, structured morning routine but it's all it's my time uh, yeah. before everyone else kind of starts putting demands or you allow people to put demands on you as well you know so yeah i'm a big believer in how you start your day sets you up actually in the right way yeah. and, and when you don't do it you feel out of balance don't you sometimes True. you think oh my god I, i'm just not quite if i'm not if i haven't done my exercise i'm just not on my game I'm just not quite as sharp, you know, and I just don't feel me. Um, so I totally, totally hear what you're saying. So, yeah, great advice for everyone. And then so just me, one last thing. One well, last yes, thing, go for it. okay, is don't take life too serious. It's one thing, okay? So um, maybe, maybe I get criticized because I joke a lot uh, and maybe I get criticized for it. But I, I'm a big believer, you know, we have one life. We're, we're here, we're spending eight, 10 hours a day with, 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 with the team. Um, and you have to be serious, you know, you, you've got a responsibility and everything. But one, when you're not working and your friends and family, you have to be yourself, you have to joke. That's a one, one big thing. And also at work, you know, we, I try and find time um, to, to spend with the team, have lunch together as well. And just don't take life too, too serious because we've just got one, that's it. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, I love that, Nick. My gosh, that was like a golden nugget. <laughs> See, absolutely. No, you're right. And don't take life too seriously. And don't take yourself too seriously yeah. either, you know. <laughs> That's it. You've got to laugh at all the crazy things that we all do. We're all perfectly imperfect, Nick. That's what I always think. <laughs> I agree, 100%. Yeah. So, Nick, I'm going to come to the last few questions. I've got a right good old chat, haven't we? <laughs> I knew we would. I knew we would. Um, so, listen, if you can think about all the, you know, the times you've had in your life, business, career, personal life, etc., can you think of the best piece of advice that you've been given or a really good piece of advice that's kind of stayed with you for a long time? Um, well, we touched on it, but first, like the for, for sale, I, I consider myself as a salesperson. Okay, I always say and. And even in, in jobs, they've always sent me for, for the big, let's say, pitches and selling and stuff like that. And I think the best thing in, in for the salesperson, first, you need to sell yourself. OK, you need to listen. Really important. And, and I, I got this advice from from people like Chris and like people who in, in, in Thomas Cook in the, in the old commercial days, um, you have to sell yourself, listen and then you give your opinion. There's no point, especially in, in certain countries, you can't go in saying you know it all and you're going to change everything and you know it because you've done it in, in the UK, in Spain or whatever. No, you need to listen. So that's, that's one, um, one big advice. 
Then um, I wrote them down because I knew I would forget. Um, then another thing which uh, Don Miguel used to say a lot is focus on the things that you can make a difference. Okay, there is no point in wasting uh, energy, time, worry. Uh, and I try and tell that even to my family. They're like, oh, tell me how you are. I'm always worried about you. Why are you worried about me? What are you going to do? You're going to jump on a plane and come over and solve everything, you know, just don't worry on things that you don't have control on. Let other people con uh, focus on that. Focus on the things. What can you do today to make a change and make things better, easier in your life and, and in the business, basically? So those yeah. are, are, are some advice, some some good advices I've had. Yeah, brilliant. And you're obviously you're obviously, you know, kind of living and breathing that today still. So that, you know, that's that's the yes, that's the um sign of good advice if it stays with you for a long time. And the converse of that, Nick, is have you ever had any bad advice? Yeah, this one I struggled, but um I think I think we touched on it as well. Basically, um when I went to Spain, the culture was different from the UK and it was no, do not ask for um, feedback, do not ask for stuff like that. And and I think that was a, a really bad advice, especially it was somebody from HR who, who said that. Um, it's like over there, the mentality was no news is good news. Uh, and then one day you'll just get a phone call, come in my office and then you're out. Here's your, your P45 and, and you're out of here. Whereas, no, and I think that is changing in, in a lot of organizations. Um, and now I'm seeing that over here as well, which is something which needs to change as well, where um, the mentality has been hierarchy. Um, it's, it's, not, it's, it's top bottom, not bottom top, where I'm trying to create that. That's my style of, of management. Um, call me lazy, call me I delegate, whatever. But... Um, I always believe in training people so there is a future and then if they go to another company c'est la vie but you know I prefer to train them and delegate and see them grow than having to depend everything on on, on yourself so um, yeah that was some some bad advice if you want to call it advice that that I had and, and, and the feedback as well, you know, mm. ask for feedback, whereas in the past people have told me, oh, no, don't don't ask for feedback. No, we, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you've ignored that one. So that's good. You've gone your own, gone your own path. That's a great thing, isn't it? Actually, when you hear you hear advice or feedback or whatever it is, you choose to uh, do with it as you see fit. Right. So um, this is this is the thing. And, and Nick, before I get to my last question, which I always like to ask, where can people actually find you? Because there's so many opportunities. You know, you've really kind of lit the inspiration torch here today. Um, so where can people you know track you down? They might be interested in joining the organization or maybe doing business with you. You know, how can they find you? Yeah. Well, there's only one Nick Balzan, I think. So if you just Google Nick Balzan and you find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, okay? Um, although Instagram, I, I don't really go on social media these days because of time. But uh, LinkedIn, I go in a lot. So yeah, if you just Google Nick Balzan on, on LinkedIn, you'll find me there or Manjas. And yeah, hopefully, you know, this is one thing which I've told our marketing team. I want to uh, advertise the people that we have in the, in the company which are joining us. You know, we have somebody who's ex-Google, somebody who's ex-Accenture um, uh, uh, joining us, um, chefs that have come from Belmont and, and these people. So if they're coming, you know, I want to people to know that so then we can attract more talent. Uh, and if we do grow the way we are planning to grow, there's going to be many opportunities. So, so yeah, get in touch. Um, I'll be at ITV. I'm always at the main travel fairs as well. Um, but I'm also available online for for any uh, for anybody to get in touch. That's great. So we're going to be tracking you down, Nick. And you, there's only one Nick Balzan, apparently. Oh, there I've got my cousin, but yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got a garden centre. So <laughs> don't get in touch with that Balzan because then you'll end up in the garden centre. No, we want you in the resorts and ho and uh, and the, the hotel side of things. So brilliant, Nick. So the last question then: What does brave, bold, brilliant mean to you? Mm, okay. Um... 
And I think when you when you hit the bottom, I think that's when you know you 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 have nothing to lose. Okay, so from that side, um, that pushed me to to get things done. But even when when I was happy and everything, it's always good to to push yourself and and be brave and take risks. Uh, obviously, everybody's in a in a different situation in life with family, kids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So maybe you can't take as as many risks as as, as you can. Um, but you know, people have always I've always say, not everything that we're doing, everybody's been through it, and they've come out fine. So and also another thing, nothing ever is as good or as bad as it looks. Never. Okay, so when somebody comes in front of you with something which you think is the end of the world for him or for her, and then when you just start digesting it, you'd be like, and, you know, let we can get through this. And the same when something's really good, when somebody comes in front of you and you think it's really good, we're like, hold on, you know, so that's, that's uh, something thing. I'm brilliant. I don't know. I don't know if I'm brilliant. I don't know if you're born with it or not, but... <laughs> But yeah, brave, bold, um, just do it, just do it. And if it doesn't work, move on to the next thing and take another risk. Fantastic. Thank you, Nick. Well, listen, yeah, I think you're brilliant. And, um, you know, by being brave and bold, that's when you unlock your brilliant, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, there you yes, go. Yes, indeed. My mum thinks I'm brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Not just your mum, not just your mum. Um, honestly, it's been great chatting. Seriously, I've learned so much and um, it's it's brilliant to be able to see what the journey is and I can't wait. We'll have to do a follow-up, Nick. We'll have to do a follow-up podcast. In five years' time. Five years' time. Oh, my word. Yes, I'll have more grey hairs and wrinkles by then. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. It's a date. <laughs> you heard it here first. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you. See you soon. hope you've enjoyed brave bold brilliant don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends and if you've enjoyed listening i'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review